0: I believe becoming the happiest, most alive version of ourselves is the most important and inspiring thing we can do for our children. Hi everyone, welcome to this week's episode of the Motherkind Podcast with me, your host, Zoe Blasky. This week's guest is Clemie Telford. Many of you will know Clemmy. She is a podcaster, creative strategist, and now author. But what you might not know is that I have known Clemmy since she was 18 because one of her best friends from uni is also one of my best friends from where I grew up in Stratford-upon-Avon. So we've known each other a long, long, long time, and it's always such a joy to get to chat to Clemmie in this capacity to have this really honest conversation that we have on this episode. We start out by talking about the impact that this past year, and I think, like so many of us, you know, it's led Clemmie to questioning a lot and She's really deep into this path of self-inquiry. She's been sober a couple of years, as she shared about quite a lot on her social platforms. And I know many of you found that really inspiring. She, in this episode, really bravely and honestly shares what it's like for her right now. She's in what I call the messy middle. You know, when you begin to question things, and I think motherhood is a huge trigger for this. Question who you are beyond society's expectations, to question your behaviour. And I guess Clemmie's asking herself this question, who am I really? And she talks about that with such a rawness and an honesty. I found it incredibly inspiring. She also has a new book out in a month called But Why, which is here to help us answer the tricky questions from our children and have anonymous conversations with ourselves. So we talked about that, what that process has been like for her and what she's learned through writing this book, which Essentially, there are no neat answers to the big questions that Clemmie asks herself and she's researched through this book. So we talk about what that process has been like sitting in the not knowing and also the anticipation of this new direction that her career has taken herself in. So I hope you really enjoy the episode. It's very real. It's very raw. It's very honest and I'm sure many of you will resonate and find comfort and truth in Clemmie's words. Here it is. Clemmie, welcome back. You came on really, really early days.
1: So early. What year was it even? I don't, I've got no concept of time anymore. Uh, when did you start?
0: 2017. No, you didn't. Did you? I did. Yeah, I did. I've been going about three and a
1: half years. Hmm. Tell so you were like a, an early runner at this. I
0: know. I know. Well, there wasn't really many podcasts in this space when I, I started. Was. There I really remember. wasn't.
1: Because we had a meeting, didn't we? And you were like, oh, I think I want to go into like wellness and self care or self help, I guess, for motherhood. And we both were like, there is, where is it?
0: Yeah, there is now. But yeah, at the time, sometimes I think, oh, I wish I'd have pushed it a bit harder then. But actually, I've learned so much. and. Yeah, but this isn't about me. This is about <laughs> you. <laughs> I wanted to ask first up by how you found this past year with three kids at home. You've got this book coming out. What have you learned about yourself?
1: I mean, I'm laughing. So we have to give the listeners the context. Zoe and I have like a real life friends outside of yes. this. So we we are real life friends. I've just been away with my best three girlfriends to the Lake District walking. And for transparency, I spent a lot of it crying. And that is very, very, very unlike me. It sounds awful, but it's a huge piece of growth for me to be able to be that vulnerable, to let my emotions out, even with my best friends. Actually, we had a conversation this weekend. If you could go back to February 2020 and erase it and carry on the same track we were on, would you do it? And I mean, this is coming from a place of huge privilege. No one I know has died. Our finances have been tight, but we're okay. And you know what? I wouldn't go back to that version of me. I feel like I've changed and grown, basically can't quite get my head around it at the moment. Pandora Paloma was talking about the reason people are struggling at the moment is she thinks we need this time of integration. So I feel like a very, very different person to a year ago. And then you're trying to go back to old life, And you're like, oh, but I'm not that person anymore. And it's quite disconcerting, really, to not know how to be in a life that you think that you used to have. And that is a long-winded answer of saying, it's been very tough, but I'm very grateful, I think, or I will be grateful for how it's changed me. I think. Writing the book, but why I took upon myself to try and answer questions about all the difficult stuff, like body image, feelings environmentalism money all of it and so I have actually been forced to work out what I think about so much stuff and that is not something that we do very often so that's a privilege it's been painful but it's been quite amazing how have you changed so uh, my initial answer to you was yeah that I've learned to be more vulnerable I think my default for the last 39 years of my life, it has been to go and go and go and go and go and go. And I've got to this point, partly because of the pandemic where I couldn't keep going and because I'm about to turn 40 and because my kids are i am coming out of the baby years where I'm like, all right, so I keep doing these things. I keep achieving these things. And then I feel quite empty afterwards. And I've been pretty close to burnout for a year. And so it's like something has got to change. And I guess that's probably the bit that I'm at now where I know I need to hand stuff over, get other people helping me, stop chasing stuff. And it's quite difficult when you know that you need to do that. But I'm not quite figured out how to do it. I in fact to to our mutual friend Polly, I said to her, you know, when you tidy your bedroom and you get everything out into the middle and I've metaphorically put things in the charity shop pile and in the to keep pile, but at the moment it's still looking a mess. (laughs) And I know that if I push forward it's going to begin to feel more settled. But it's trying to find a new version of myself where I stop just going and going and going. And it's very hard because I don't know how that looks.
0: I relate. It sounds like you're on the cusp of a big transformation. I hope so, because it's blooming painful. It's a messy middle. It is. It's really painful, that place.
1: Yeah, it's making me squirm now. The sad thing is, if you're on these kind of journeys, you can ask for help, but nobody can help you through it. No, you have to do it yourself. Yeah, and it's very difficult to know what levers to pull, because the levers I've always pulled are to achieve more and to do more, and that I know that isn't the right lever anymore.
0: Yeah, it reminds me, I've never been to rehab, but I know a lot of people that have. And they describe that experience to me of like, you kind of get broken down as to the things that you used to do and the patterns you used to do to keep yourself safe. They're defences, aren't they? We're really similar. Like achievement was one of my really big defences too. And then you kind of get rebuilt again with a new set of tools, basically. Like Mm -hmm. a new roadmap is how I think of it when... No, I had definitely had similar things and I just learned a new roadmap, like a new set of operating instructions for my life. <sighs> but it's really hard, especially where you're at, which is like, you've got the awareness. So yeah. you know that that map isn't taking you in the direction you want to go to. You're like, uh, I need absolutely. to put that map down because I'm going to head up where I've always been. Yeah. But you haven't quite got the new one kind of following it yet. It's so yeah. you're in the middle.
1: And there's a few things there. Number one, I think what I've learned is that people see people who are like perpetual high achievers. And I'm not saying I've achieved high things, but like I've got very high standards for myself. That looks like something very desirable because it can often show up as quite a lot of success. But I've only just realized in myself that it's a coping strategy and people are like, how can that possibly be? It's like because I I literally don't know what else to do other than The way I've always got approval is by my achievement. I'm going to give you my full therapy session now, but I've realised that when people say they're proud of me, which should be a massive compliment, it comes from a place of love. I'm just like, stop being proud of me. I just want to be loved for me, not what I do, not what I've achieved. And again, it's very counterintuitive to the world that I sit in now. I want to have the platform to talk and have interesting conversations, but I don't want like notoriety it's a right old mess. But you're right, it's like, how do I wiggle out of this? Because it begins to affect everything that you do, right? Your whole being, all your relationships, all my habits.
0: You start sort of questioning everything. Because I guess I remember this time from a while ago, because I was super lucky, you know, my kind of breakdown came when I was 23. I was young. yeah, And I remember... I would say to myself now, it sounds really weird, but more to enjoy that time of trying to figure it out. At the time it was excruciating and I hated it. And I didn't know, I felt so lost every single day. But looking back now, my reframe on it would be that it was an exciting time. Yeah. Because I was just absorbing like all this new stuff about a different way to live and learning, oh my God, like I'm worthy because I'm just a human. I didn't know that before. Like I genuinely didn't. I thought I had to do stuff. And that I was loved, you know, as some of what you're describing. So it's hard. It's hard. But in a way, I'm excited for you.
1: Enjoy the exploration. It's so weird, though, because not much before this, I'd like given up drinking and I felt like, oh, this is kind of being a. this is I'm going to use some really over the top words, but enlightenment and awaken it. And then suddenly you're wandered into another part. You're like, oh, no, 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 no. Where I thought I was (laughs) really wasn't it. And I can't, as I say, I can't decide if the pandemic has like accelerated that or approaching 40 or a combination of all those things. But it's just like, oh, no, no, (laughs) that bit where you thought you had it, it was all about to swing and change again. I think that's what happens perpetually, not always in the way that it is now, which I acknowledge is a big old reshift. But you are constantly doing that. You never kind of get there, do you? (laughs)
0: You never do. And I think that, you know, there's different ways to live, isn't there? There's living just kind of, I would call it unconsciously with no judgment, but just kind of getting on, not really. But I guess I choose to live in what you're doing now is like questioning things like, hang on a minute, asking these really big questions like, who am I without success? Where's my worth? You know, I think actually that's the juice of life. Like I, I think is. so powerful questions to ask, but also really painful yeah because also as you said we live in a society that doesn't tend to value that or doesn't talk about it or kind of values the externals whereas when you come to live to value the internals it's a different way of living it really is
1: so it's interesting because I'm listening to you and thinking you know there's a little bit of me that's still because you know I've got friends who are very happy go lucky and life is easy come easy go and a little bit of me is still envious of that because I always think wow what a fortunate place to be to just breeze through but at the end of the day that isn't the path that I'm on and you can't go back because they can outwardly seem much more peaceful can't they and I know that I'm quite often a ball of turmoil and questions and contemplating stuff but I do hope that you eventually will it ever level out do you feel generally more at peace for this way of living yeah
0: It's not that the questions aren't there. It's not that the, you know, I was just showing before we started recording, you know, when I first moved to this new house, we're not in a week. I was freaking out that we'd made the wrong decision. It's not that that stuff doesn't happen. It's that I just know what to do now.
1: Yeah. You can sit in it a bit more. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I can just sit in it. I know, ah, this is a pattern. When change comes, this is what I do. I try to reject the change. That's all I'm doing. I haven't got this wrong. And if I have got it wrong, time will tell it's all good you know I'm quite spiritual so I say to myself you know life wants me here otherwise I wouldn't be here that settles me like so quickly I'm right where I'm meant to be this is it that Settles me. And I do believe that. I really believe that to my core. Like, you are exactly where you're meant to be. Yeah, so true. I'm exactly where I'm meant to be. And I think it's like that control of the process, mm. like can, trying to control it and resist it and think about it is kind of what really messes me up. So the moment I'm like, it's all good.
1: Yeah, ground yourself.
0: Yeah, it's like a kind of just an ease comes.
1: Having been on this walking, Holiday. I mean, I cannot believe I'm into walking, but I am now. I can't believe what a grounding experience it is because if you're on rocky terrain, all you can do is think about the footstep in front of you. Literally, all of this came out, all this life crisis I'm having was out of my head. And in that moment, you feel happy when it's just your body, just nature, and also the benefit as a parent, briefly not being responsible for any other humans. But it's true, you just one foot and step in front of the other, even when you don't think you're doing it, you are. Things are working their way out, aren't
0: they? And also, I guess my other life-saving is to just come back to right now. I was doing this downward spiral when we first got here, and I was like, but right now, you're good. This moment. This moment, you're good. Yeah, that's like, It's all good. And you can hear the kids playing, guys happy, you're all happy. Right now, everyone's well. That's it's the you- moment I go forward.
1: Yeah, what did it like, look like?
0: That's I'm game over. I am game over. I'm like wired for anxiety. I am wired for it. No. That's why I think I'm kind of excited for you.
1: I am in the moment. I am. It's coming. <laughs> I am. I just would really like to get to the point where I can go, oh, wow, that was wild. That was a time. Not quite there yet, I don't think.
0: Writing the book. Did you have ideas about some of these big subjects like divorce, death, racism, and then did your ideas change or did doing the research and writing the book cement the ideas that you'd already had about things?
1: Yeah, I came to it because very fortunately, because of this work, I have, for Mother of All Lifts, you know, there's over 300 people's experiences on there doing this work on having conversations with people. For an hour like amazing minds talking things through, all of that and also my own experience as a mother of three and 39 years i was like there's so much buzzing around i want to try and put it somewhere and it's very interesting experience my go-to was to put on everybody else's expertise i pulled that i pulled that i pulled that you know i wrote the book at almost double the word count with everybody else's research in there this is what someone thinks about this this is what someone and then I rewrote it with my voice in it and I was like the bit that is missing is what I think and I didn't end up any closer to any of the answers which is makes people not want to buy it but I've begun to really sit with the understanding the process of thinking of having the ability to question your own thoughts on questioning your own bias on being comfortable with not knowing with being prepared to ask for help. I think the big generational shift is, and this is no criticism on my parents, they did a lot of pretending they knew. If they didn't have the answer to something, they'd just fob me off. And now when my kids ask me any of these big questions, either I do have an inkling or I say, I don't know, but either let us look at it together or can I come back to you? And I think, you know, it takes some bravery to go, oh my word, you have, and I'm not just talking when they ask me like, And mine always ask me about football players which I really don't know but also the big stuff there is no one and done answer but why do people get divorced here are some things to think about here are some things to think about yourself and then try and answer them and also just to be prepared to have these ongoing conversations as we're talking about with our own development what you tell a child when they're three five eight fifteen that's constantly going to evolve both in terms of their development, in terms of becoming adults, but also the world shifting around them. Like you can only give them the answer based on your reality and their reality. And so there is no one and done, but there is the importance of conversation and interrogating thoughts. And I think conversation is something that is really lacking now, like being prepared to say, well, maybe your opinion is different from mine. Am I okay with that? maybe we've got a bit of conflict which is something I absolutely hate you know I shy away from conflict but we can't end up with everybody having the same opinion about everything what a boring world we live in so that's where I'm at is more celebrating the art of thinking and conversations rather than having finite answers it's so fascinating
0: because I spoke to I think it was Anita Clare who's a well-renowned parenting expert who said the amount of time that we spend talking to our children on average a day is now less than 10 minutes
1: oh that made me goosebump here because because
0: of you know the way that we live typically in our society which is that both parents have to work because the cost of living is so Mm -hmm. high you know we don't have the extended families around us and that time for quality conversation is massively reduced and yet that's where connection comes from isn't it
1: yeah and also something I learned in the book is that it, often these happen at moments when you don't realize. So I was cooking a curry for the kids. And my eldest Bertie's quite a fussy eater. And he was like, I don't want it. I don't want it. And then he tried it and he liked it. And I said, you know, Bertie, I know you, I know what you like, but I'm never going to give you something that I know that you'll hate on purpose. And I said, and you know, one day, dot, dot, dot. And he said, well, I was going to say one day I'll be a daddy, but I don't know if I will be a daddy because I don't know who I want to marry. And I was like, oh, wow. From talking about this curry, we've just wandered into this huge conversation. And and it's just like, sometimes these big, important chats don't show up as a kind of, now I'm going to talk to you about gender and sexuality i'm talking to you about this curry and then by taking the time to wiggle into that conversation we ended up on a much bigger chat and it's really easy to close your ears to that i mean i do truly believe the biggest gift we can give our kids is our pure concentration and i'm not talking hours i'm talking about if we are talking to them and i'm guilty of this if we are talking to them get the phone out of your hand and if you need to go and do the emails get out of the room and go and try and do it. And that's easier said than done. But yeah, by really being present with them is where the important stuff happens. So I'm interested in
0: the process that you learned through the book or that you apply around thinking about thinking. Metacognition it's called, isn't it? When you think about thinking. There you go. Um, (laughs) How does someone figure out what they think about a big subject like you know, racism or being a working parent or divorce? How do you, in the book, help someone unpack their own opinion?
1: So I think there's a few important things. I think the first step to thinking is being very, very aware when you check out, when you go to pick up your phone, when you go to eat is another one. I mean, the phone is the one. Like, there is an exact moment when this gets a bit complicated somehow. So you've got to try and sit beyond those things my belief is that also another step is just quietness during the pandemic I often found I didn't know what I thought about stuff and I'm not just talking the big subjects I didn't know how to navigate the pandemic like not about whether I should have masks you know there are points when we were all trying to negotiate what the rules of engagement were you know how close is too close and I'd go out and I'd be judging everybody else by what they thought and when i didn 't know I 'd just go on Instagram and I 'd fill my head with loads and loads and loads of other people's voices and I think I was kidding myself that that was educating me, but there is a real difference educating yourself isn't a really active thing you can't just absorb your opinion on something based on a few scrolls and swipe ups on links and I think we're all kidding ourselves if that's what we're doing. The only way to truly learn is to have some quiet and we 've taken all those moments. When did we used to have quiet, like standing in the queue for the post office, you've got a phone in your hand, going for a walk. You know, this is ironic when we're on a podcast, but I plug in a podcast. When I wake up in the morning, when I go to bed, like even small windows for letting your brain work out what it thinks. And we're not only taking them all away, we're filling them with other people's voices. And it's like, no wonder, it's just this confused thing because we're just not giving ourselves the opportunity and often thinking like I'm talking about with this walking over the weekend it's it's not you're not really even aware that you're thinking are you when you're in that state I'm thinking about my footsteps but my self-conscious is ticking things over I can't give the answers to how to work out your opinions but I can suggest being mindful of literally allowing your brain to think You're
0: right. Like from the moment we wake up to the moment we go to sleep, we can fill with other loud voices. There's never been in history. You know, social media is so new. It's so new compared to, you know, humanity and or even the generations before us. Like we still don't really know what we're doing with it as a tool. I don't think as a collective. (laughs) And it's just these voices shouting all the time. Diverse opinions, yeah. you know, and I think you're right. The pandemic for me, like, really, like, I was like, wow, because a lot of people I follow went hugely anti vax. Some people I follow were saying that, that the whole thing's a hoax, and other people were saying, we well, you know. And I was like, wow, this is all just within a five minute scroll. And then yeah. I was like, no wonder I'm starting to feel anxious. So I've actually checked out a lot from social media over a yeah. whole year. But I think it's really interesting, isn't it, to give yourself that space and time to think what do I think and what I've learned is typically for me it's always something in the middle it's always something in the yeah, middle it's, it's like yeah it's a little bit of that and I can see how probably the data with the coronavirus was a little bit inaccurate at times but also this is definitely real and it's happening and what do we need to do as a family I'm the sort of person I'm always a little bit gray I'm always
1: for Take really a bit from me. everything is so nuanced there is no set thing that works for everybody we can all have our ideas about what we think things should be and our beliefs and our values but every single time it's going to be tested we're in such a dangerous thing where these big topics that require really rigorous long and thought out conversation and thinking are trying to be reduced to an instagram post and even a long instagram post you're never ever going to accurately encapsulate it and the problem is there's nothing wrong with that Instagram post but it's then people think that that is doing the work and that's a really horribly overused expression but you know what I mean we're we're all guilty of it I've clicked through a few posts from people that I respect it's nothing to do with them and think that job is done but you know as I was doing this book every subject I covered you could write doctorates on each tiny Time.
0: And people have right,
1: yeah. and they're still no closer. Yeah.
0: What was your intention with the book when you were writing it? What was your kind of north star guiding
1: principle? To encourage people to think and talk. To, yeah, to think and talk about what they think. And I think because some of these topics have become so spiky, we're in danger of also alienating people from engaging with them because there's so much at risk on social media of, of getting it wrong. Or feeling wrong because you can't do it in a snappy statement, or because you don't have an an exciting opinion that sits on either extreme. When actually, I'm like, oh, God, I'm I'm a bit grand, I'm a bit middly, and I'm still working it out. But that's okay. I think what's really worrying is people not engaging with these big topics. Just because they make you want to check out doesn't mean you can avoid them. And especially, we're in such a powerful position of trying to always help the next generation move things forward. And by burying your head in the sand is not the way to do it. What I realise there is no topic that should be off the table for talking to kids about. Like, every single one of them needs to be talked about. You know, there was once when I was growing up, you're like, you don't talk about money, politics or religion. It's like, well, if you don't talk about those things, they're the thing to talk about. They're the thing to understand how people tick and that's not to judge them yeah that all of that is madness It's like talk to kids pitch it for their age but talk to them about it all
0: yeah I'm totally with you what did you find the most affronting to write about or research
1: overall I spent the first half of it fearing what people would think fearing the judgment fearing getting it wrong especially about things like race gender all the environmentalism I've got to get it wrong I'm gonna get it wrong I'm gonna get it wrong The thing is, actually speaking to Sophie Williams, who wrote An Anti-Racist Ally, and she's millennial black on Instagram, I want this book to become out of date because I want things to have moved forward. You know, that's what I realised. I'm encapsulating where I felt the tone was at at this point in history. It will move. You know, we keep looking back at things and thinking, oh, how did that get out the door then? But you can only base it with what you know at that point. What I do know, this is me coaching myself now what I have done with this book is I have taken time to think and do it slowly and that isn't something that we do now there's never an Instagram post that I've contemplated for three months so maybe not everyone will like every word of it but I know every word of it is considered and thought about and done with purpose which was all I can do
0: yeah and I think having that intention as you shared of just opening up the conversation yeah
1: if you it's pick so it, powerful. Yeah, if you pick it up and disagree with every single thing written in there, well, that is absolutely great because then you know what you think and it isn't what I think and it isn't what all the brilliant people in there is what you think. You know, that's that's really powerful to disagree. And what we need to then get move on from is thinking that you need to change my opinion. I'm always open to hearing other sides, but you don't have the right... To automatically change mine, I talk about that in the book. Actually, we're very quick to want the other person to change, but if we want the other person to change, we have to be prepared to also potentially do the same in ourselves. It's, we're very quick just to divide people, but I hope, oh, yeah, God, all I want is yeah, think and talk, and that would be that would be great.
0: And what do you think is going to be next for you? You know, you started out kind of very focused when the boys were younger you know, on kind of parenting and sharing a bit of your kind of life. And now you've morphed into this really powerful place, which is all about opening up these conversations. What do you think is going to be next?
1: I mean, so if I had the answer to that, I wouldn't be in this life crisis. I just am trying to be really focused on the things that I love, the things that I never regret doing, which are these conversations, which are exploration. The bit that I find very uncomfortable is when I'm at all put in an influencer category because it just doesn't wash for me I've only ever Why,
0: why do you find that uncomfortable
1: because for me that sits with this idea of hierarchy and everything I've done is to be like this is me it's as valuable as every other person here whenever I meet people and it doesn't happen very often but you know what I mean where there's this assumed Possible thing that because I've got a blue tick that is my name, then it means something. And it's just like, oh no, I am muddling through this, quite literally muddling, crying, figuring it out. And yeah, I feel much more comfortable trying to help just being on this journey with a load of other people. So I hope to keep just growing that really, being able to bring more voices in, talk to more people. I think Mother Rule List is going to go through a bit, well, it is headed through a little bit of a shift to make it a bigger entity because I've got so much content out there that I want to start looping together for people more. I've got probably 50 lists about mental health and I want them to work together as a bigger body but I'm trying to figure that out along with my life <laughs>
0: <laughs> what do you think the future looks like for that influencer because you were there at the really at the start I would say there was a gang of you yeah, and we so you've got this unique vantage point really now kind of four or five years in what do you think that's going to look like do you think it's here to stay is it a good thing
1: <sighs> look we were there at the beginning and and we only well I can speak for myself but I think it's a kind of crew of us we only did it because we were trying to help ourselves out of motherhood that was for me I was very very lost having had two kids very quickly and finding this group of women was like because my good friends hadn't had babies yet was like oh my word I can do motherhood and still feel like me and still all of these things and I had no idea what was coming. It wasn't meant to be my career. It was just something that I did to save myself. And then, you know, of course, to be really frank, my background is advertising. I could see that there was something going on and, um, you know, I was creative. So I knew I could see something. I was more out of curiosity to explore it. I feel hugely grateful that I didn't come onto social media to try and be anything because otherwise everything I've just said to you, it would have taken a very different turn and actually I was looking right back to my early Instagram and I was just like oh my word that doesn't feel like me anymore and that's because that isn't me anymore it's like six years ago I'm a very different person where do I think it's going I'm so torn like in some ways it's a gift we're here having this conversation you know I've met amazing people amazing people it's best it's a tool for education and community and amazing but we need to learn to split it away from the worst sides of it there's a lot of narcissism there's a lot of hierarchy there's a lot of putting values on all the things that I hate you know consumerism for the sake of consumerism on appearances rather than how things feel they they are like the antithesis of my values I hope there is a way for them to begin to split I think there is And for the good bits to remain and for the bits that are less good, not to stand the test of time, maybe.
0: I feel the same way. I've never really shared pictures of the girls. I made that decision really early on. I knew in my heart that that was right for me. But if I'm honest, I wavered on that a couple of years in. I got a bit, did I get lost? Once I got lost in it, it's so hard. I don't think you get this until you try to grow an account or have a business that has an online presence. I find it really hard to stay in my lane and stay in my truth because it's so noisy. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, maybe I need to share the kids and people feeling like they don't really know my life. And how can I talk about motherhood without showing the kids? And luckily I was like, no, this is true. This is true. But I think that's such a challenge is to stay true to yourself. It's like walking in. Sometimes I open my Instagram and I feel like it's like walking in to seeing all these opinions and also everyone doing similar things to me Mm -hmm. often I perceive better always I'm like how does this person like get all this content out like I struggle to do a post a week and I have to really make sure that I engage with it in such a way that I feel aligned and positive and I'm doing it for the Mm -hmm. right reasons Mm -hmm. but I think it's really Really hard. hard to consistently do that I think it's really hard yeah
1: because I always say I know how I could be much bigger in terms of pure following you know my kids aren't on there anymore in fact I try not to put all that much of my life on there at all anymore because for all the reasons you're saying but as such yeah I'm not gonna go to the huge numbers that I could do and then it's difficult because then I watch other people who have taken that line and as someone who wants to be successful that's very difficult it's like they're growing they're growing but I know what cost that their growth is there's definitely been some highs and lows but I am still in six years later and now in a way that feels sustainable and also to learn but to begin with it was me it was Clemmy, the person that you know in real life and now it's not it's my work that's no slight on it. I work as hard as I would any other career, but it's not my life. And I think what a shady old world when your life is lived through a lens.
0: I respect the people that do it actually, because I don't know how they do it. You know, there's a lot That's of There's And also I, most of the time, Clemmie, I do not know where my phone is. Like I joke, <laughs> like I am so good. Shit at Instagram. I don't know where my phone is. Like it's a running joke in my family that I never reply to.
1: Amazing. Any messages and stuff
0: that. like that. And then I'm trying to like have a social platform. It's <laughs> what I said to him the other night, he's like, I really should consider like just not doing much on social. He's like, you're not really very good at it. <laughs> it's so
1: cruel. <laughs> oh, but
0: it's true. Like great. it's kind of true. Like I find it really hard. Like it's not in my zone of genius. No. Like I am a communicator. Like I'm amazing on the podcast, like you are amazing yeah. on yours. I'm amazing on a video. I'm amazing. I'm just not great in that medium it's
1: not oh, the one for me no but it's a huge cost to myself I can do it because I don't do things by halves it's difficult but we'll figure it out I hope I feel sad for all the people it will have eaten up on the way through and, and you know it's a really hard bus to get off it really is And you have to be very mindful of it, especially I know I've got an addictive personality and I just have to keep it like this. So, yeah, it will continue. But I think people are going to use it much more mindfully going forward. I hope they do.
0: Well, I feel like we got this kind of shiny new toy. And we just went crazy with it for oh. a while. It's, and I say we as in the collective. Yeah, yeah, you know? no, to, and you I know. feel like oh, now okay. it's like, okay, we're coming out of the toddler phase with it. We're starting oh. to think now. Okay, yeah, let's have some boundaries. Let's be a bit more grown They're up. Boundaries. I feel like that's really coming for our generation. I don't know for the younger generation, actually, I'm really worried about that. Have you thought about that with the the boys and giving them a phone?
1: Yeah, I mean, of course I've thought about it. But I look at TikTok and actually I think, not that I go on TikTok very much, although I might, I actually think they've got it right in some ways because they've gone back to using it as a creative medium. All those creative videos, they're not... Trying to show their life, they're just making fun content. And I think that is a much more natural way. I'm sure I always feel actually optimistic for the next generation. They're going to come on and go, What on earth were you doing talking to your phone all the time? Like, aren't they?
0: Yeah. And I see just documenting every second. I mean, it's kind of crazy. And I'd have very big concerns, having spoken to Gabriel Mate and some other really leading child development psychologists about the impact of that on children I'm really worried about that me too
1: I'm
0: really worried about it uh,
1: yeah and we, you know you've really got to check in with yourself and we are all feeling perpetually burnt out to how much time you're pouring into a thing that isn't really a thing I say it to clients all
0: the time they're like "So, I haven't got time I haven't got time and I'm quite hard line with it I'm like yeah. well I have to check your phone stats how long yeah. are you on Instagram I'm saying not stopping it no. but could you take half of that time and do something nurturing
1: yeah just half of it. When I've got a lot going on, I, I have it. I take take it off, and it takes half a day to stop that blooming reflex of going on it. And it's like, oh my! It's the very addictive traits, isn't it? It's designed to be
0: addictive, and yeah. I think you know, I'm like you. I have a really addictive personality, so I have to. Bring we're real,
1: we're a real barrel of laughs. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you've got the book coming yeah. out. The podcast is. Amazing. Thank you. anything else? The move.
1: The move, yeah. Moving house to slowly and redoing that. I feel like that's quite enough at the moment. That's enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just want to make them work better and harder. And I guess I'm learning where my voice sits in a way that works for me. and I'm not I am happy to share my thoughts on stuff, but yeah, I want to do that in a way that works for me. So this is very uncomfortable for me to not be able to say what's next. And that's probably a very, very good thing. Yeah, it's a
0: very good thing. It's a very good thing because it will be revealed.
1: It will. I've had in the last year a couple of opportunities to go back into advertising, to go back into amazing, amazing, my like dream jobs five years ago. And a couple of times in the last year, I've gone down the interview process and then pulled out. And I think this is a real moment for me to go, you know, that's again, these versions of success. They would have been fat salaries, they would have been good really amazing job titles in very reputable things. My dad kept saying, it will look great on your CV, Clemmie. And I was like, what CV? And then what? He's like, think of the doors it will open. I'm like, what doors? What doors am I opening? And so these are all moments that are testing me to go, are you well and truly walking away from the more corporate version of your life? And if so, stop being distracted by it, you know?
0: Yeah, I totally relate. I totally relate. I still get offers for consulting work in marketing. And sometimes my head's turned. I'm like, mm. but I just have to keep remembering, like, that is not what lights my soul up. And that's what I'm here to do. Well, otherwise, what is the point? What is the point? What's the point? Like, yes, I might get a few more thousand pounds. What am I going to do with it? Does it? You know, I'm not in that position where I need that money to survive. So I'm, it's the very privilege where I can be like, actually, no. you know, what makes me feel good? That's what I'm interested in today. Honestly, I think that's what it's about.
1: Yeah, and then it will all begin to come. I just did a really massive sigh. That's something like shifting. I've been a really legal, like, why didn't you know what to say you're doing next? Like, why didn't you do a good pitch on yourself? And it's like, because I haven't got it. It will reveal itself. You're right. I hope. It
0: will. It will. I promise you it will. And I think that's such a sign of transformation, isn't it? Where just in that moment you did, Something differently than you Only have one. always done, which is like boom, 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 you know, very kind of in the masculine energy. And,
1: yeah
0: you know, just being like, I'm just going to see what comes is such a different way to be. And I think for me, it's like a really powerful way to be. Yeah. You, you will get guided to what you're meant to do. You will.
1: I mean, I'd like that to be happening quite a transparent way very, very soon, of course. <laughs> you can't
0: <laughs> control it. You can't control it.
1: Oh, oh yeah. Well, you've you kind of reassured me. You came out of this. Everybody does. It's just like, is this another six months of this turmoil? Is it another year? Nowhere knowing. No, you can't control it.
0: You just have to be with it. it sounds really like esoteric, but I think that's it's true for me. You just have to be with it.
1: What should I read, Zoe? Tell me some books to read. I'll send you a list, my love. I will send you a list.
0: There's a good good one that I like that is really cheesy and American and it's old, but it's brilliant. And it's called End the Struggle and Dance with Life.
1: It's going to make me cry. So there you go. You know it's the right one.
0: Yeah. And it's about recovering from controlling and pushing and resisting and stress and actually just being more in flow and what we're talking about and that softer feminine energy and trusting and it's written by a woman called Susan Jeffers who you know was in a marriage and you know realized it was out of alignment and and got divorced and retrained as a psychotherapist and then had this kind of burgeoning amazing career that started when she was 50. Really? Yeah it's really good it's really good I'll send you a copy. Thanks
1: please. (laughs) Am I hoping to find the answers? No but it's true it's exactly what I learned from the book. There are no convenient answers. You can only explore, be curious, be honest, be open, and the rest will begin to fall into place. And that's what I've got to live by. You know, this is the thing. I spent a year writing a book about honesty. And actually, my mate Polly said to me, you've got to learn to be honest with yourself. I was like, oh, Wow. <laughs> Nice <laughs> one, oh, Polly. Yeah, cheers, mate. <laughs> for setting a very blunt, uh, uh, like, yeah, you're right. You've just said something extremely profound. Do you realise that what you just said to me? And that's true. You know the bits that are be honest about what is actually making you happy, rather than you perceive to make you happy.
0: It's powerful to just let go of that should list. You know what I think I should be doing. For me, it's Instagram. Like, I'll be, you know, I feel like I should do it, but I honestly like there's something there for me to explore for sure. I always ask the same question at the end, as you will know, which is if you could give just one gift to all the mothers in the world, what would you give
1: and why? To trust in themselves. It's not really a succinct thing, but yeah, the sooner in every aspect of your life is that you have faith in yourself, the better you'll be. I spent so much of early motherhood looking and in life, looking at what everyone else is doing, a comparison, judgment of myself, And the joy of having had three children is that, you know, by the time Greta came along, I I was pretty confident that I could do it. Either that or she's doing a really good job of raising herself, which I do think is a little bit true. But you know what you're doing, even as I am now, when you feel like you're not, you are. And I really know that my kids want so much less from me or less complicated things from me than I perceive them to want. They really just want a chat and a hug probably not much else that's a very wiggly answer but something in that yeah trust your instincts yeah, it's yourself
0: beautiful. it's beautiful though because what I'm hearing is is connection with ourselves and then connection with our kids
1: yeah and it's like it's there you know it's so there in all the bits which you don't think are the bits you know like the piling in the bath together I do know more and more that the bits of life are the bits in between what you think are the big bits
0: yeah it's kind of the every day isn't it yeah
1: so well, beautiful thank you love. My pleasure, my pleasure.
0: So that was the episode. I hope that you really enjoyed it. As ever, if you did, please consider sharing it with your friends and leaving me a review on iTunes. It really does make a difference to the number of mums that we can reach with the brilliant wisdom. Of the guests I have on. Also, just a reminder about the Family Reset Plan. It's my latest offering to parents. I think that we are living in probably the challenge of our lifetimes. Well, definitely so far. And as parents, we not only have to support ourselves, we also have to support our children. And that is a lot. So the Family Reset Plan is myself and two brilliant psychologists and we give you step-by-step simple applicable ways that you can support yourself emotionally to feel stronger calmer and therefore to support your children in a different way it's all grounded in psychology and neuroscience it's just 25 pounds currently and if you work for the nhs it is totally free for you so check out the website familyresetplan.co.uk take care i'll see you next time